Well, I appreciate all those folks that helped out when I was gone. It was great to just to go away and know that it was taken care of. And so uh, that's a very good thing. When I go to Belarus, uh, and I would ask that you'd pray for that, because uh, when I went before, I wasn't as concerned as I am right now, believe it or not. And the reason being is, is that before it was a dictatorship where you knew you knew the devil because he had manifested himself. Well, uh, Belarus is now under Russian control, so we don't really know. The borders are open. We're going to be going in. So you don't really know what you have. So I would ask that you'd be prayerful that I appreciate it. There are folks there that are really in desperate need. And the work that we have done, we don't want to have go backwards. And so I told Steve, as soon as he was able to get in, I wanted to go in with him. And so he called me up about a month ago and said, I'm going in. So I'm going in, Lord willing. So if you'd pray for that, for all the team that's going, that would be fantastic. So a couple of announcements before we get to the fun stuff. Uh, College Age Group, we're back in session uh, my wife's going to be cooking, and so if she's cooking, you want to show up. It's great. Sunday uh, after assembly next week is going to be our meeting for the Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar. And then next Wednesday, not this coming one, but the following Wednesday, the 21st is going to be our family fellowship dinner at the parks. And we have some birthdays. Afia, how old are you going to be here coming up this week? Five years old. That's how can it be five years? You were born just a couple days ago. Five years. That's awesome. And we have another uh, birthday coming up. Jeff Drillinger. Jeff Drillinger. He leaves as we sing to him. Isn't that how that works? All right. He's definitely not five. Maybe add a zero to that or something. Yeah. Anyway, so let's sing to Jeff and to uh, Afia. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, God bless you, happy birthday to you. Having a hard time keeping that straight face there, huh, young lady? Here we go. Alton Halstead, your heart is as big as your stature. Thank you for sharing your time and your talent to help. Thanks, Alton. Sharon, you have such a gentle, caring spirit which exudes itself in your infectious smile, but also in your loving actions, responses to the needs of others from a sincere and genuine word of encouragement to jumping in and making delivery meals, and so on and so forth. Thank you. And uh, I was shocked that that wasn't put into like a little... A jive or something like that. I couldn't have done it. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Jeff Drillinger is really into that kind of stuff. Okay. Ryan, you're driving by and honky brought a big smile to my face. Timing is everything. All right. For those guys working out here, it's nice to get honked at in a good way, of course. Right? <laughs> right? Ah. <laughs> uh, Tamara, it's such a blessing to see you each week at our assembly. Your encouraging spirit and hugs are great. Amen to that one. All right. Uh-oh, here we go. Tamara, you're such a constant encouragement to so many. I want to be like you when I grow up. 
Woohoo! There's the rock star this morning. Let's give it up. Woohoo! That's great. Awesome. Well, I, I share with you, it is good to be back home. It was fun to be with, with the saints from around the world. I got to sit with Jeff Hostetter. Some of you know with him. I know about him. First night I show up, we get there uh, after dinner, and he's preaching at the dinner table. Of course, you know how Jeff goes. And, and so it was kind of fun. Sat down, ate a burger, and we got to preach at each other. It was fun. And from then, we, it just we was had an awesome time. And uh, so appreciated Andrew going along. Man, that guy, I'll tell you what, I thought I drove fast. <laughs> but you're smiling, you're not, you're not saying no, 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 right? <laughs> well, the speed limit was posted 80, right? So, hey. And Montana used to have no speed limit. Did you know that? Yeah. So I didn't know if you'd forgotten or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's what? What does that mean? Oh, 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 got it. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that. It might not work that way anymore. <laughs> you might get 20 to life. Who knows? All right. So. Anyway, so it's good to be back. It really is. It's, it's, it's great. I would ask that you would be praying for my brother, Steve. Uh, I haven't been up there since uh, his oldest son passed away. And I can't even imagine. And I, I felt kind of nervous. You know, Andrew went along and we were going to go up and see them. And, and so we went out to the graveside. And it was, it was pretty rough, pretty rugged for, for him and for his, his family. Uh, I can't even imagine what that would be like. So if you wouldn't mind, if you'd put Steve in your prayers and just ask that, that he would heal up and, and, and continue to move forward, that would be great. I know you'd never forget, but... So let's now turn in our Bibles to the book of Ephesians in chapter 4 once again, unless there's another announcement or so that I need to make. I got them all done? Okay. Ephesians in chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There, there's one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Now you ask the question, so how do you walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called? Now the last time we spoke, which was two weeks ago, the answer really is in the very next verse, in verse 2. You are to walk with all humility. That's why I asked the question earlier when we were doing the Lord's Supper, am I a Christian in name only? Now really, when we defined humility... <laughs> not last week, but the week before, we define humility from the scripture. And the scripture is clear. It says in the Greek language that humility is defined as choosing to lower yourself to serve the needs of others sacrificially and in submission to God's will. That's your choice. 
you choose. Now, whether whatever stature uh, or station in life that you are, humility is when you choose to, to step away from yourself, your life, your concerns, and you serve others in their challenges and difficulties. Now, it was just shared, someone shared gratitude for you and your sacrificing yourself to help out. And I'm assuming, uh, I know who that is, but the reality is, is someone really appreciated that. When you're humble, you have to take time away from your life your concerns, and and you need to help others. Now, Jesus did that every moment of his life. And so this morning, we're going to use Jesus as that example. We're called to the full measure of the stature which belongs to Christ Jesus. And that really is going to include humility. Remember, not last week, but the week before, I asked you the question, would you trust an arrogant, conceited, self-righteous, knows-all-things kind of guy or gal. Well, I think it would be very dangerous for you to do that because where's the focus in that person's life? It's on them, not on you. And if their focus is constantly on them, they may help you, but there might be what? A hook, a string attached. But if you were to see someone who's consistently caring and sharing for others with no strings attached, but because he or she understands as a Christian, not in name only, but really in life manifested, helping other people when they have a need. You know, I I really appreciate, like Logan, he's not in here, I wish he were. Oh, there he is, Logan. You know, I've seen Logan... When he hears something from the pulpit, he didn't know about it. He hears something from the pulpit. I watch him lean over to Julie and say, hey, can I go help out? See, that's a beautiful picture of humility. I don't know if there's other things planned, but he speaks to his wife. He asks if he can go help, and then he does. I don't know how many times my family has been blessed by that heart. That's a, that's a heart of humility. That's powerful. And you know, humility, as we consistently grow in that, people can then absolutely trust us with their lives. You know, some people say evangelism is very hard to get a Bible study. Actually, if you have been humble in seeing and stepping up to help other people's needs, when they have struggles, and you've never asked for anything, you just help them because that's the right thing to do, that's the Christ thing to do, you know when they have struggles, who are they going to go to? Who are they going to trust? You see, in the challenges that are going to be facing us, I believe in the near future, we need to learn that about each other. And I have to be honest with you, and it is pretty amazing, this body of Christ here has really grown. You're saying, well, where's all the people? We're not packing the house. I'm talking about a spiritual maturity. For all the bumps and challenges and difficulties and whatnot, there are still people who are stepping up to help sacrificially. I love that. And I've seen it more and more. That's exactly where Christ wants us to be. And so this morning, I want you to remember what Jesus said. It's a critical statement. This is what the four 
passages that Jesus spoke all boiled down into this one statement. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled. And whoever humbles himself by giving himself in sacrificial service to others shall be exalted. Brethren, that's from King Jesus. If you'll humble yourself now, the blessings of honor and respect will be yours. People trusting you because you prove trustworthy in their eyes will be yours. And then on the last day, you'll hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. Brethren, you get blessed in this life because you choose to live a life of humility like Christ and then you get eternity with him. This is the first of many ways to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. But I want to go to the gold standard for humility. You know, there is a passage of scripture, and I use that terminology, the gold standard, oftentimes. I want you to go to the book of Philippians in chapter 2. Here we see the gold standard for humility. We're told to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Well, here it is right here. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Philippians in chapter 2, and I want to read verses 3 down through verse 11. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. Regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. I am the Son of God, you serve me. That's what he's really talking about there. He could have pulled that one, but he didn't. He chose to lay his life down for you and I instead of saying, I am greater than you, serve me. He could have, but he didn't. But we read on and it says here in this passage of scripture as we continue in chapter two, in verse seven, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name for the name of Jesus every knee will bow, and those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So before I pray, I want to let you know that I, I want you to consider if you have the little the little program in front of you, the lesson plan, I want you to put instead of saying do we possess the mind of Christ? I want you to think as we're speaking, do I possess the mind of Christ? Put it in the first person. Examine yourself. Because as we close the chapter, you'll be richly rewarded on the last day as in this life for being a man or woman of humility. But if you're not a man or a man or woman of humility, you're going to suffer challenges in this life and then you'll suffer forever. It really comes down to this is really a life abundant blessing 
from now until eternity passes, which will never be, or it's going to be a struggle in your relationships because all relationships, would you agree with this? All relationships are built on trust. You'll struggle now and then you won't get heaven then. So this morning, I ask you to evaluate yourself in light of King Jesus. And if you come up short, don't feel terrible. Just know that Jesus is the standard we're called to. And so develop the mindset that I am Christ embodied. I am a Christ one. I am a Christian. I will live out his life in my life. So let's begin. Father, I thank you for the blessing this morning. The lesson's really quite short. Just asking questions of myself, asking questions of ourselves, Father, from the scripture. Help us, Father, to see that, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So point number one is actually comes from the first two verses. Verse three and four. Look at verse three and four again. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, esteem or value one another more important than yourself. Do not look out for your own personal interests, but for those interests of others. Wow, that's very short, but let's ask some questions. If you have your, your little note sheet here, we should ask ourselves some questions. Do we primarily serve ourselves or others? Do I primarily serve myself or do I primarily serve others? In relationship as a husband, I have a great opportunity to serve my wife. You know, the blessing about that is if, a, if your wife is faithful, she will come right back and she'll serve you and you'll try to outdo one another. It's really amazing how that works. That's a Christ picture. That's a Christ model. That's a Christ standard. Christ did it all for us as our husband. Let's see if we can outdo him. You see, the question is, the first one, do we primarily serve ourselves or do we primarily serve others? Think about that. Are you motivated by selfish desires? I want this thing. I want this from my, I want my, I want, but think about that. Catch yourself. Evaluate your motives when you do things. Did I do that for an ulterior motive of what I'm going to get? Or did I do that because it's the right thing to do? Did I tell everybody I did the right thing? Or do you just do the right thing? You see, it's important for us to evaluate ourselves. Or are we motivated by selfless service? Are we actually motivated by the example of Christ Jesus? Well, look at the next little the next little bullet point here. Do we value others as more important than ourselves? Did Jesus value you more than he valued himself? What's the answer? Yes. Did God the Father value you more than he valued his son Jesus Christ? What's the answer? Well, the answer, of course, is yes. So now the question for me is, is do I value others more than I value myself? Now you hear all this, you gotta love yourself. You gotta love yourself. You can recognize how lovable you are by how much God loved you in sending his son. You can recognize how lovable and how amazing and valuable you are by 
God giving up his only son, by Jesus giving up his life. If you recognize that, you know you're valuable, so now let's value others and make others as more important than yourself. You're saying, wait a minute, that's stupid because you're going to waste your life serving other people and no one will ever serve you. There are millions who are serving King Jesus. And they're serving him out of love with a heart full of devotion. He wasn't an idiot for giving every moment of his life to serve you and to serve me. He now has a bride willing to serve him. You know, he's the one that said, he who waters others waters himself. Is Jesus a liar? I don't think so. He said, by the, by the measure which you give, so it shall be given back to you. You're saying, well, then you're doing it with strings attached. No, you're not. You, all you need to do is just keep giving, knowing that God's going to cover you. Now, some will say, I've been burned a million times. How many times has Jesus been burned by you? By me. And yet he's still there making the sacrifice for you. Is that amazing or what? See, Jesus is this amazing example. If we can get our minds wrapped around that. I don't know. Some people might say, well, that sounds good, but I'm not doing it. It's kind of scary when you're not willing to trust anyone including God in the scriptures, when he's proved himself over and over and over again. Finally, in this first point, do you focus on your needs or the needs of others? You know, God knows what you need, doesn't he? By the way, who does supply all of your needs? Well, I do. Well, maybe you want to read the scripture a little bit closer than that. Our Father in heaven provides us every good thing and every perfect gift. He provides that. He provides that through people, of course. He provides that through circumstance and situation, of course. But he's the one that provides. He's the great provider. So if we fear in stepping out and humbling ourselves and serving other people, we're going to miss the blessings of God because we're holding on to what? We're holding on to self do we focus on our needs or the needs of others focus on your needs first and you only get what you get focus on other needs of others and god will richly bless god's economy is not the same as man's economy if you haven't noticed those who embrace christ jesus and live a faithful life are richly blessed not just in physical things, but in the more important things, in good, deep, close, trusting, intimate relationships. Really, that's what we crave. You know, children don't crave toys and stuff only unless their parents indulge them, which creates that craving in them. You know what children really crave? They crave time with mom and dad. They crave dad to be pleased with them they crave mom's blessing and touch that's what children really crave it's important for us then to recognize these things are hard to grasp for those of us i'm including myself here those of us who've been so 
led by the world into a material mindset. But really the blessings are for the sweet and wonderful relationships of love that only God can provide as we live for him. Well, let's look at the second point. The second point is, do we live Christ's life of humble service? We said, I thought we already were looking at that. Oh, that's the mindset of Christ to get there. Take a look now, verse 5, down through verse 9. Would you read that with me, please? Verse 5 through 9. Have this attitude, literally, have this mind. It's the word mind, not attitude. Have this mind in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself taking on the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of, of men, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name uh, above every name. Now, I want you to think about this for just a minute as we go on the back through these do we or do you, or if we're doing it first person, do I. Do I consistently check my mindset? Jesus was focused on serving not self, but others. Do I, do I consistently examine my motives? You know your motives when you examine them will reveal whether you're living like Jesus or you're living for yourself. I don't know about you, but I talked about motives many years ago when we talked about what was it? The power of sincerity. The power of sincerity, a good conscience. We talked about evaluating our motives. You know, I haven't done this in a while, but I was practicing that pretty consistently, evaluating my motives. And I have to be honest with you. I'm going to reveal a deep, dark secret. I was really disappointed in myself because so oftentimes my motives, although my actions looked great, my motives weren't so great. You know how I knew that? When someone wouldn't say, that was, thank you, I really appreciate that. When I didn't get a thank you, I was like, man, that ungrateful. Wait a minute, what are you doing that for? That's, that's kind of bad. And you're saying, well, preachers shouldn't be that way. Well, none of us should be that way, <laughs> right? We're going to be like Christ. And so the question here is, do I consistently check my mindset on why I'm doing what I'm doing? Do I consistently check my, my motives? Number two, do you, do we, do I think more highly of myself than I ought to think? The Bible says, do not think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but, have, but think as so as to have sound judgment. So what does that actually mean? Each one of us has been given at least one gift that they can apply. Oftentimes, people get very prideful of those, those gifts. But the reality is, it's not that you have the gift, but how you use that gift and why you use that gift. So someone who's a preacher can get pretty prideful pretty quick. Someone who stands up and is able to deliver a really good lesson and people praise them can get pretty proud pretty quick. But the reality is, is that there's some of you here 
that we never see or hear from, and yet the work that you're doing is critically important. Can I give you a couple of examples? You know, the ladies in the audience here, so many of the ladies I know pretty well, and how they have sacrificed for their families. They sacrifice to, to help their husbands raise up a godly offspring. Their husband goes out and works really hard to make the money to provide, and he comes home tired. I know that's true. And then he will work to invest himself and his wife and his children. But who's really making the, the lion's share investment in the children? You never hear about those amazing godly women until you see somebody like a Timothy pop up on the screen and that guy is a rock star for the Lord and why was Timothy a rock star for the Lord is because two very amazing women in his life you see we need to be real careful here well I'm just stuck at home and having to take care of these monsters and my life doesn't account for anything hey man do you ever remember the saying the hand that rocks the cradle controls the world. Man, we need to recognize and understand that if you, if you don't have the ability to stand up and preach, that doesn't mean that you're a lesser citizen. And I should not think that way, and you should not think that way. We should invest ourselves in the body of Christ where we have giftedness and be thankful that we can be a part of the family that's eternal and getting to heaven. Notice I said, invest ourselves. That means humbly serving. The power of a machine that works effortlessly the way it's designed to work is absolutely awe-inspiring. Did you know that they will know that we are Christians by our love for one another? And love is found in sacrifice. Jesus loved us and humbly chose to lay his life down. That's powerful. Do we empty ourselves daily and take the form of a bond servant. In other words, do you get the mindset every morning, okay, I'm in it to serve other people. I'm in it to see how other people are doing. I'm in it to help where I can help. Or are we all about our own thing? Jesus put your needs first. All of his earthly life. Might I suggest, if you know the scriptures, as he's seated at the right hand of God, he's now continuing to put your needs first. At any moment, he is available to you to hear your cry for help, to hear your confession, to hear your praise. He's there always right now. He's not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is continuing to lay his life down as a great intercessor. Finally, look at this last one. Do you, do we, do I humble myself to the point of crucifying the old man? Putting to death the deeds of the body. This morning I lost my temper at home. You should look at my wife's face. She's going, what? When did you lose your temper? 
I lost my temper this morning. Remember I told you, and I've told you many times, that bad words just don't come into my head anymore? A really bad word came into my head this morning. That's how angry I was. Now, it didn't come out my mouth, and I didn't express it to anyone in the house. But humble yourself to the point of crucifying the old man. I still got work to do. You see, what goes on in the inner man, inner woman, oftentimes we'll never see. But God sees. Because you know when you get angry at someone or some event, you hold back. It's a natural thing to hold back when you're angry at someone or angry at a situation and not give that lay it all down for the Lord kind of thing. That happened this morning. And I'm ashamed of myself. You're saying, why are you telling everybody? Nobody knew. God knows. You know, it's so important for us as Christians to realize that we're all a work in progress. We're all growing. That's why when we get to patience, which is in a couple weeks, we're all growing. You're growing and I'm growing. So as we're growing, we need to give each other mercy and grace and time, patience to grow into the person that God's called you and I to be. It's powerful when you do. Can you imagine the trust that's built when someone's patient with you, even when you're still struggling? It's powerful. It develops trust like you haven't seen. So does humility. Continuing to serve, even though the Satan is trying to gnaw at you to fall back into that old man, old woman, stinking thinking, stinking doing. Brethren, Humility is a powerful, powerful, powerful tool to draw people to Christ through us. My prayer is, is that you'll go back and you'll look at all those passages on humility. Let me conclude with this. Matthew in chapter 25. And I do not do this to scare you. I do this so that you'll know that you have the choice and I have the choice on what our king is going to say to us when we stand before him on judgment day you have absolute control I have absolute control on what Jesus is going to say to me on judgment day what I choose to do now what I choose to continue to work in developing humility Notice the humble man and the selfish man. Beginning in verse 31. Would you listen? Would you read along? But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before him. Just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was, I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was stranger, and you invited me in naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, 
and you came to me. Then the righteous, I would say the humble, will answer him. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The king will answer and say to them, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Do you see? They were going about a life of humility. I'm just going to help. So he's got a need and I can help him out. I'm going to help him out. They just kept doing that, kept doing that, kept doing that. Little things, not big things, but little things, just little things, a lot of little things, a lot of little things, a lot of little things. And then we get to heaven. I don't even remember doing all those things, but you did every day. You were consistently humble, serving other people. I love the way he says this. It's so awesome. The king will answer and say, truly I say to you to the extent that you did it to one of the brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. But the other guys, they had the same opportunities. You know, the other guys, the goats, they had the same opportunities to see people with needs and to step up and little things, little things, little things. No strings attached, just humbly serving the Lord Jesus by serving other people. Just little things, just little things. But you know what? They're too busy about their things, my things, my stuff, my, 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 me, me, me. That's where they were at. So notice it says, hey, when did we see you, when did we see you sick and in prison and a stranger and naked and all those things? He said, when you didn't do it to other people, you didn't do it to me. You know why I love this passage of scripture so much? Christianity is simple. It's not selfish. When you see someone who needs help, whether they're a Christian or not, and you can help them, help them. In my office, in the back room there, I have this thing right in the middle of my desk. It says, a smile is priceless, but costs nothing. Even a smile can be powerful in changing someone's mental health, a word, a kind word, how about just listening, can help. Brethren, it doesn't have to cost money. It doesn't have to be a lot of time. It's a lot of little things stacked up. Are we focused on ourselves or are we focused on other people? Are we sacrificing only for ourselves or are we making sure that others come first? You're saying you're going to lose everything if you do that. Jesus says you will gain everything if you do that. Let's pray. Holy Father, help us to look to Jesus. Help us to really think about what's being spoken here in the book of Philippians. This morning, listening to Eric as he was explaining really some great foundational truths about Joseph. It helped me to realize more about this man, Joseph, just by understanding his backstory. The consideration that Derek spent in, in developing that lesson and thinking about you know, what these things meant. Father, may we all take that and use that in looking at the gold standard for humility, and that's found here in Philippians 2. 
Might we, dear Heavenly Father, ask these questions of ourselves consistently, not just today, not just tomorrow, but consistently throughout our lives? Because I know when I forget these things is when I become selfish and frustrated and angry. I pray, Father, that you would help us in this, that we would grow in humility, I ask in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's stand up. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right, let's go do it. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.